You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to Guys Who Like Musicals. Welcome to Guys Who Like Musicals. This week, we are dedicating our episode to the great Hal Prince, and we're going to do a little Things We Love. No interviews for this week, because we really needed to talk about the Prince of Broadway. Yeah. Love it. Here we go. So an actor is saying his lines, and then out of nowhere, he just starts singing. Five, six, seven, eight. without you here <laughs> I, I have no expression i was like yeah. is this how i am in auditions like i am there's no sense of expression i'm like everything is kind of the same i'm kind of afraid to like say anything differently you sound like I a have, re- you sounded you kind of sounded like a really sad npr host right <laughs> like reading i was trying to go was fast an, there so was like, an earthquake this week Right. <laughs> exactly. That was exactly a good line reading. Yeah. Man. That's okay. You were great. You did great. It was I, fine. I'm happy to be back. Um and I, you know there's a lot but yeah, I thought it, I thought you did great. I Thanks. thought you did really great on your own. I mean, technically like you did insert what the two of us talked about the cats trailer and yeah, so and you were like the only you weren't thing just killed. on your own. I know. Um it, you know, I was here in spirit. Yeah. How was your trip? <laughs> trip was great. Italy's a little magical place. I was reading Under the Tuscan Sun by the pool under the Tuscan You're Sun in actually Portugal. the worst. I know. Yeah. I know. But honestly, also, you, uh, I don't like, care. So now you like Aperol Spritz? Yeah, you don't make them right. I think you're wrong. You don't make no. them right. I swear to God. In my defense, I got better at making them after I had them in Italy because I realized that it's like very little Aperol. Yes. The, the recipes and a huge that I re- chunk of orange. Okay. Not yeah. a rind of orange. Yeah. Chunk of orange, and I think you need Italian prosecco. Mwah. Oh my god, <laughs> you're the worst! It's th- I'm home. You missed me. Come on. <sighs> I've been telling everybody at the show this week. I feel like a Chianti soaked noodle. Oh, because I am a noodle, and I have been doing very poor performances of Frozen the musical for the last three shows. For the so. last. Uh, no, for the last no. six months. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> since February? I mean, since, since February, you came right. back? Exactly, oh, exactly. Oh, oh, gosh, savage. It's tough out here. It's tough out here. Uh, yeah. It's good to be um, back. Is it? Yeah. What should we sing? We didn't sing the last two weeks. We yeah. should sing, Dan. Let's sing. What should we sing? We should sing something in honor of... It's the little things you do together. No. We've already sung from Company. What we could should we sing, sing from Phantom, bro? The music of Why would that be the song you choose? That's a great song. Let your mind I don't care who you are. Lies to Dude. Never knew before. I do this for Julie all the time. It's her favorite. I don't know any of the words. This is not her favorite. <laughs> Let your soul take you where you want to be. The worst musical theater kid that's ever existed. <laughs> Hear that tone that's with the falsetto and then the breath just taking falsetto over. to uh, to cracks and folds is I what think I call that. Hal that. Prince that is turning over in his grave. I think that if he if he knew that this Too is what soon. was happening. No, seriously. So this show. Welcome to guys who like musicals. 
Welcome to Guys Who Like Musicals. This show is completely dedicated to Hal Prince. Um, and we're the original spend, guy who liked musicals. The original guy who liked musicals. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about him. Uh, and I, I think that there's really like, it's almost like where do you start? Because right. the guy had a fingerprint on basically everything that you and I and the Broadway community and anyone who's ever been to a show loves about the theater, they like it because Hal Prince had something to do with it. Like, for, you know, he... Like he, so many iconic shows. And so many iconic that shows that talk about. inspired iconic shows. And so many people that he inspired. And so many people that he worked with that then went on to you know, that he fostered as a producer or that he fostered as a director or that, you know, it's just, it's endless. Um, and so we're going to talk about it. And that's kind of one big things we love and then we'll do things we love at the end. Hal Prince died on uh, Wednesday, July 31st. He was 91. 91. And I think when when my grandmother passed away, she she died and the, at she died at 85. Mm-hmm. And... The guy, this family, um, the guy who runs the funeral home is a family friend. And he was like, I wish that when I die, I can go out like your grandmother. Seven kids, a ton of grandkids, a couple great grandkids, wonderful legacy. Like, you know, she, my grandmother lived a full life. Sure. Hal Prince lived a full friggin' life. For sure, ninety one. Yeah, and he was and still married noting. to his wife. He married his wife. He's been married to his wife for like fifty years, probably more than two that. kids, grandkids, like, and just the greatest musical theater legacy that of anyone. I mean, you can argue. He, yeah, you I can't mean, argue against that. He goes back like he was started working in the business when Porter and Rodgers and Hammerstein were still Cole Porter and Rodgers and Hammerstein were still writing shows. Right, like it's crazy. Yeah, to think about like the fact that he was still. Like seeing Raul's and Christine's for Phantom of the Opera, and still going and noting that show and making sure that that show kept the integrity. Alive. Yeah, and and just back in 2017, Prince of Broadway came to uh, I think it was the American Airlines Theater, they which was basically a review of of his shows and shows that he had a piece of, um, and he directed it. At I guess you know my, 2019 minus two, you know he was 89 years old and the dude's still directing a show on Broadway. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so let's just roll through his credits real quick. So can we just has <laughs> as a director or mm-hmm. as a producer? Starting as a producer, he was a producer on The Pajama Game, Damn Yankees, New Girl in Town, West Side Story, Fiorello, Tenderloin. A Family Affair, Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. His first real success as a director came on She Loves Me in 1963, Fiddler on the Roof, Baker Street, Flora the Red Menace, It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman, Cabaret in 1966, Zorba, Company, Follies, The Great God Brown, Don Juan, A Little Night Music, The Visit, Holiday, Candide, Love for Love, A Member of the Wedding, The Rules of the Game, Pacific Overtures, Side by Side by Sondheim, On the 20th Century, Sweeney Todd, Evita, Merrily We Roll Along, Diamonds Grind in 1986, The Phantom of the Friggin' Opera as the director, he directed that, Rosa, Cabaret, The Revival, 
Kiss of the Spider Woman, The Showboat Revival in 94, Whistled Down the Wind, The Candide Revival in 97, Parade in 98, Hollywood Arms, Bounce, Love Music, Prince of Broadway in 2015. And there's other things that aren't even on that list. but And that was a lot of things. That's a lot of things. And we could sit here and talk about all of them, but I think one of the coolest places to start is is honestly like at the biggest like the phantom of the opera boom i just dropped my water phantom of the opera it's the longest running show in broadway history yep it's the most commercially successful theatrical and enterprise of all time meaning movies tours international shows that thing has brought in over a billion dollars um Going back to when he was his first producing credit was the Pajama Game with John Raitt in 1956, 54, 1954. Um, Great show. John Raitt, guy who likes musicals, <laughs> Bonnie Raitt's father. Yeah, I think that the cool thing. I mean, everybody has been. There's been a lot of like tributes and and posts, and and they they dimmed all the lights on Broadway. This is a cool tradition that people don't know about. When a member of the have Broadway, they done all the theaters yet? I know they did Phantom. They did. Did they? Yes, they did Phantom. They like, did the Phantom night of, yesterday. Yeah. Um, did they do the whole town, or was it just I Phantom don't think yesterday? So. so when when a famous um, or prolific member of the theater community dies, um, the theater owners uh, dim the lights on Broadway, which is a tradition that goes back many many years to honor the life of someone in the theater uh, who has given their their life to Broadway and to the musical theater, and they dim the lights in their honor. Um, and uh, they did it last night. Uh, I saw some pictures and videos of stuff going around. The the cast did a a tribute to him, and um, and so that was that was really really remarkable. And I, I think he was one of these guys who did the the classic. You know, he started as a producer, and you know, a producer who wanted to direct, which is kind of a tale as old as time in the in the theater, and and got his chance um, directing the original production of She Loves Me was his first real uh, commercial success. Um, but also, I was I was watching an interview with him where he talks about the pajama game being his first commercial producing enterprise yeah. and it was a smash hit it was but, one of the but biggest in the beginning hits. they like they couldn't find money they couldn't raise the money yeah because they've got some unknown guy named bob fossey choreographing who the hell's that right, who guy the hell's bob right? fossey and who is shirley mclean yeah right right they become these like huge names and uh yeah yeah, and he, I, I heard a story that he wrote a letter. When he graduated from college, he wrote a letter to George Abbott, the famous Broadway producer and director. He wrote a letter to George Abbott and said, I want to work for you. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just let me work for you. Um, and I'm living with my parents, and uh, I'll, I'll work for free, like, you know, doing whatever. And that started a friendship and a, and a, and a partnership where they, they uh, produced many shows together. Um, but the first one was, was The Pajama Game. Um, the very next show that they did together was Damn Yankees. Also, little Mr. Bob Fosse, mm -hmm. you know, think about all the shows you love that Bob Fosse did. Right. Right? And think about his stretch and how he right. was fostered by Hal Prince. And Cabaret. And ha Cabaret. One and then moving most, into like, yeah. like you know, especially his re relationship with Andrew Lloyd Webber. He didn't direct all of Andrew Lloyd Webber's shows, but he certainly directed the biggest Andrew Lloyd Webber show in Phantom of the Opera. The guy had his had his hand in everything. Sondheim's most prolific collaborator? Sondheim's most prolific collaborator. Nice. 
Yeah, my, my mouth doesn't work. It's okay. Because you said jet lag's not a thing, but I'm so <laughs> tired. But I just think that it's a celebration. Like, the guy was unbelievable, and, and this is a cel- it should be a celebration of his life. So go back and listen to the original cast album of Company or Sweeney Todd or Phantom of the Opera yeah. or Fiddler on the Roof. My God, like, think it's about insane. every person who's seen a production of Fiddler on the Roof. Right. You know, it's the Mm -hmm. number one show, at least when we were in college, it was the number one show done by high schools across the country. So chances are you were either in it or you saw it, you know, and um, I was in it. I was the most, I was the most Aryan white uh, (laughs) Tevia that ever lived. I was like 16. It was horrible. Um, But it's such a perfect show, you know, and and then just I mean going down the list from and and they t- I'm sorry we're rambling now, but like talk he fostered musical theater from an era where it was pop culture to an era where it wasn't pop culture to an era where it was the most pop culture. Meaning he came off the heels of Rodgers and Hammerstein and he did the Pajama Game. Then he moves the industry industry through the rock and roll age, through hair and through Tommy and through yeah. like and Rent. it looked like you could never do another you could never do classical a classic musical. musical. And he was like, That's not true. And he's like, That's not true. And he comes out with, with a big fuck you and says Phantom of the Opera, which yeah. you know, he wanted to create with Andrew Lloyd Webber and make it as big and as and as extravagant an experience as possible so that when the audience came in to the theater, they just forgot the world around them the way that we all do. Like you go right. to the theater to escape and he said that you'd go to the theater to escape. Um, and so he, he fostered the theater through all of these different, you know, decades of change. And then he's sharing basically a season. It was the season after, but he is doing a review of, of his greatest hits on Broadway. The season after Hamilton opens when it is, when Broadway has taken the mainstream by storm again. So it's just like the guy had seen it all and done it all. And, um, was truly one of the great, yeah. the great and, guys who like you know, musicals. We wouldn't be here if it weren't for him in many ways. Yeah. There's a lot of things that, you know, he had changed the game. There was no such thing as a concept musical before. Right. Um, right. Before he came along. Yeah. And if you have a chance, and, we don't have to get into all of it, but like listen to him talk about how he conceived cabaret. Right. He was in the army. He hung out at a bar in Germany, in Stuttgart, watching the now version of the MC that we know, the Joel Gray version, he conceived all of that. He created all of that. And, you know, had such a fingerprint on that show as a way that a director, you know, a lot of times I think a director is given a script and given an idea and said, you know, you know, do the best you can. And he completely conceived that, that show and, and, and everything from, you know the movie that was directed by Bob Fosse to the the stage show that that he conceived and directed, just changing the game of musical theater. Um, there's one other thing that I want to say. Oh, he so he directs the original production. No, no, no. So he produces the original production of West Side Story. Hal Prince was the most won the most Tony Awards of any human being to ever live. Twenty one Tony Awards. Wow. And. That's very interesting in the scheme of like what awards mean because a lot of people would ask him like what you know you've you've won all these Tony Awards and he's like yeah winning them is great but it's also not about that because it's about the art and it's about making musical theater the way that you want to see it made and that was one of these quotes that I I wrote down he said make the musical you think it should be 
And I freaking love that. Like when yeah. you're making something, make what you think it should be and don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And whether you win Tonys or not, it doesn't matter. Coming from the guy who won more Tonys than anybody who ever right. lived, it's like, you know, he stood by, and West Side Story stands the test of time, but I just was watching these interviews where he's like, I, we knew we were making, we were changing Broadway history. We knew that we were in the room making something incredible and it was not accoladed at the time. And now there's a movie and a Broadway, a new movie and a new Broadway production coming out this year. year. So you know right. what? It's crazy. Like, so anyway. Thank you, Hal Prince, for Thank all you, that you've Hal done Prince. for the business. So great. Okay, things we love. Um, you want me to go first? Yes, please. I usually go first. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, things we love this week. Moulin Rouge opened. Moulin Rouge opened at the Al Hirschfeld Theater on Thursday night. Um, I did the out of town tryouts and the lab uh, productions uh, last year, um, the Boston production and the downtown. We did the lab downtown. So I love that cast. I love those people. Um, and the, uh, the Moulin Rouge is open for business. It is loud and And did you read that review? And yeah, man, the review, they just, yeah. Do Brantley you, loved it. Do in- you think that someone paid... Ben Brantley to give them that no, review. No, 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 uh, no. Paid? No. Uh, listen, listen. That's not. I have. I have oh. yet. Look. Hot uh, here's, take. Here. Okay. okay. No, just right. give me a second. Okay. Dan. Dan's got a hot take. Who, he thinks that who? <laughs> who the hell needs another jukebox musical? I just I, like. And to, and the thing about that movie is that. The most iconic part about that movie is the visual editing style. Yes. It is a musical, sure. Yes. It's not really a great musical for musical's sake. It's like a concept where it, like, you know, calls to all these things that are clever. But it's not... Musical theater as an art form, like how Prince would have wanted. Just saying. Oh, oh, just saying. Okay. He's just got, saying. He's a just hot, saying. He's a hot. And then to then to read Brantley, who just is like, it's amazing. I was like, what kind of cold day in hell is this? <laughs> that this show is going to get these reviews like this. Um, I I have a little bit of a take on that as well. Well, yeah, you should. Yeah. you were in the room. Yeah, but okay. So I. I'm going to talk you off the ledge on two different accounts. One, uh, Ben Brantley, I have heard, loves Alex Timbers. And Alex Timbers has not had a commercial success. Who directed the show? Alex Timbers, who directed Moulin Rouge. Right. He has done a bunch of stuff. Peter and the Starcatcher, Here Lies Love, uh, Rocky, this season, Beetlejuice, and and also uh, Moulin Rouge and many many other projects as well, but he has not had a commercial success. So my, the rumor that I heard mm-hmm. was that this that review is a bit of a love letter from a New York theater critic who loves a director who wants that director to be successful, and mm. that show happens to be Moulin Rouge. It doesn't have. It's like it's like was Kelly O'Hara's best performance, uh, uh, Anna and the King and I. Is that what she should have won a Tony Award for? I don't. I don't think so. But it was about another her, hot take. It was, I like a, it. it was about her time to win a Tony Award. Right. She was magnificent in that production. That's not what I'm saying. No, what but I'm I hear saying what you're is saying. she's yeah. done some amazing work. That amazing work was up against maybe more amazing work in other seasons, and also like the Tonys are super political. So 
my feeling is that regardless of what you think about the show, I actually, if that is true, and that's only a rumor that I've heard, is that Brantley really loves Timbers. And, and if that is true, I really, I love that. A vote of confidence from the most powerful theater goer in New York City and probably in the world to say, you know, I want this guy to keep making theater. Cool. Yeah. So that's and one part. Like, yeah. So that's that, not a terrible reason. Yeah. So that's part. That's part of it. Um, also, as far as like, listen, I'm a I'm a Moulin Rouge purist. I love that movie, and there are a lot of people who love that movie, and a lot of people who are like, meh, it's visually stunning and whatever. The story's not great. I saw it when it came out. I went to the theater to see it with my mom. I used to listen to the cat the cast album uh, on my Walkman on the bus in middle school and pretend that I was listening to rap music because I didn't want to get beat up. I love that movie. And the the musical takes a lot of of deviation. It really changes uh, a lot from the movie. But one of the things in this when my agent came to see it in Boston, he said, you know, there's five pillars of of um, theatricality, uh, plot, structure, character, something else. And the f- one of them is, is spectacle. Mm-hmm. Spectacle does have a place in the theater. Moulin Rouge is spectacular. It is visually stimulating in the same way that the movie was from a theatrical standpoint. I see. So I book-wise, music-wise, whatever, 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 but you're going to walk in. People, I mean, you've seen the pictures. You walk in, and it is a costume set extravaganza. Um, Apparently, there's flying now. We didn't have flying, but apparently people do some flying in the show. Wow. So um, that's kind of me, like, coming to coming to bat but i'm also done with the with the jukebox musical because yeah like next season as of now there are no original musicals opening on broadway they're all jukebox musicals that's as of now change. that will change that's gonna change it will change yeah. for sure i saw that i saw that too but uh, that leads to the thing that i love this week which is this new ross golan show called the wrong man that ryan vasquez is doing with uh sierra renee uh, and josh henry i just saw the like his social from it but uh, please yeah. explain um so it's I don't. Ross Golan is this guy who's written pop music for a lot of very famous people who I don't have in front of me to quote. But I, he's only released this one song. Uh, he has a concept album apparently um, that I think he's planning to release at some point before they open this show off Broadway. But it sounds incredibly unique. You know, it's Tommy Kale directing mm. and Lackamore supervising, yep, which the is the team from Hamilton. Hamilton. And you've got Jinx. like some pretty great <laughs> talent leading the cast. Um, but I'm I'm really excited to see something that's like yeah. actually original. Yeah. That's about um, it's the wrong man. So it's about it's about a black man who's uh, wrongfully accused of a crime. Nice. Nice. Um, and you know their social their social marketing is on fire. So check that out too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I always so, I always dig something with a clear streamline. But yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to see what that show is about. Apparently, it's already selling out performances at MCC. Nice. So yeah. Dan wants more original musicals. Dan does want more original musicals. Yeah. So does Joe. So uh, if you make musicals, yeah. Sidebar. Get to work. Um. Uh, what were you doing this week, Dan? 
you did something kind of cool this week. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna make a things I love that was like <laughs> about how I love not being in musicals, but then <laughs> what? <laughs> no. What were you doing this week, Dan? I was filming a TV show. Dan was filming a TV show. Yeah, that was cool. This was very exciting. Look, you're you're playing playing modest, but this is a very and you can't talk a lot about it because right. like you know that's how they they make you sign your life away a little bit. But you get to fly to Toronto. Yep. Do a costume fitting. Fly back the same day. Do, do a musical. Do a, two shows that same day. No, I that day I had one show, but then I flew. Then I did the five show weekend. Then I flew to Toronto on Monday. Showed up on set at 10 a.m. the next day and then Somebody worked with... your breakfast. <laughs> it's a someone, sweet yeah, life. Right, right. And then, you know, did a big, long... It was just one big, long scene for five and a half hours with a, a two-time Oscar winner and an Emmy winner the cast, playing my mother. You you sent me a screen a picture of the cast, the the, the call sheet. This, that's just an insane cast. And what you'll, everyone will get to know more about this, but yeah. this is a very cool... This is a cool job, Dan. This is... Yeah. I'm excited. Um, it's very cool. I get to go back, so that's even more exciting because I've never done something like recurring like that. So I love business trips. I'm excited. If it you was know fun. anything about my Instagram, you know that I love business trips. Joe loves a business. He's like, <laughs> "What can I get here? I can write it off. <laughs> Put it on can the I, business card. Can I write off these six bottles of Jameson at duty free, or what are you guys thinking? <laughs> duty free." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and also the the other part of that story that's awesome is that when I was on the plane home, I sit down and sitting next to me is Chris Diamantopoulos, who some of you may know from Silicon Valley or The Office or from the multiple Broadway shows he did. He played Dr. Palmer at one point before I joined the company. And he's sitting right next to me. And all, all I can think of is the... Is the uh, yeah, that that he, character from Silicon Valley, which is so iconic. Yeah, he plays like the world's worst guy on Silicon Valley, and the world's like kind of one of the best guys on, on the, the office. office. He's yeah, like he's really like good the guy, guy like office. saves the day at the end of the office. But so I went over to him and I was like, "Hey, man, you know, I'm headed I'm headed right now to two shows at Waitress because, of course, like after I did my 14 hours on set of filming, I had to fly back to I got to fly back to do two shows." So I was like, I'm about to go to Waitress for a two-show day. And he was like, no kidding. Oh, my God. Like, I love that place. Blah, blah. You know. What a and we talked world. for like 45 minutes. Um, I'm definitely going to ask him to be on the show. Yeah. Because I could have just pressed record and done a full podcast. Well, he basically I just launched into the fact that, like, he started doing musicals. And then when he was a kid, he was, when a, he was, child, a, kid, he was a child actor. And then he moved to L.A. when he was 26 and was like, I'm going to be famous. And he's funny because he does a lot of the same voices that I do. And he's like, I'm going to be famous. And then that didn't happen. Yeah. So he moves back to New York. He's in the Full Monty. He's in Les Mis. Mm -hmm. And eventually it obviously ends up happening to him. Now he's like with, with William Morris and Untitled. And he's got fancy representation. And well, he's, he's, he's done he's a bunch like of one really of these guys awesome things. Guest, and, like, he's guest starred on a million shows. So if you didn't see him in Waitress or if you don't know who we're talking about, if you looked up this guy's face, you'd be like, oh yeah, I know that, I know that guy. Yeah, good luck spelling it, but... Diamantopoulos, right? Yeah. Anyway, so that's pretty cool. So Dan was shooting a TV show. That's something I love, Dan. We love jobs. Yeah, we like to work. 
All right, that's all we got. Next week, we got a great interview. Uh, we'll do more of the same, more news, all sorts of stuff happening all the time. Yeah, we got uh, three. Sorry for the, the lack of interviews this week, but we've got three pretty cool ones coming up. And we and really wanted to talk more. about Hell Prince. And, yeah. um, you know, if you get a chance to listen to the original cast albums of Any anything. Any of the 70 shows that Joe read. Just, just do it because it um, it's worth your time. Uh, like, subscribe, do the thing, and uh, and if you have any questions, don't feel, don't hesitate to reach out to us on Instagram at guys who like musicals. Um, we've been getting some questions in the DMs, and I, I think we may need to start answering those questions on air. Mm, so yeah, I think it. I've got one from this week that maybe we'll answer next week. Sweet. And so if you have any questions about anything, try and get specific. A lot of times the questions are kind of broad, like do you have tips? Um, yes, we have lots of tips, but it'd be, we'd be able to help you a lot more if your question was more like, I don't know, um, how to, how do you cut a 16 bar? Or what a or dance should... belt is. Do you know what a dance belt is? <laughs> if you don't know what a dance belt is, look no. that up. <laughs> no. That's all for you know what this we should week. Do? We should end this episode with a recording of something awesome. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. Hal Prince. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.